What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Av Geek Chronicles podcast. I am your host, Colin, the Chief Av Geek, Aviation Maniac, or whatever you want to call me. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Av Geek Chronicles podcast. So happy to have everybody back. Uh, and just as I promised last episode, we got another episode today of the Ask the Av Geek Show. Another great episode with another great guest that I'm super, super excited to uh, introduce here in a little bit. But first, if you didn't already listen to it, make sure you go listen to my last episode. Uh, we talked about uh, another way that, you know, if you're interested in flying, how you as, you know, an individual can afford flying in a very, very easy way. Uh, I think it's really cool. This was part two uh, of the series. And if you're really interested in finding creative ways to pay for flying, uh, I suggest you listen to the, that last episode in part two uh, of that little mini series, uh, How to Afford to Fly. Um, and I'm so excited to have another episode of the Ask the Ab Geek show today. Got another special guest coming all the way from the West Coast. And He's a very special guest to me because we've gotten to know each other very, very, very well. Uh, it seems like over the last few months, uh, we've been talking a lot more. And it's probably because we just seem to be running into each other a lot more uh, because he has joined uh, the Bell family. Um, but we have known at least following each other over on social media for quite some time. Uh, and after now doing the podcast for a while and becoming really good friends uh, with this individual, I just thought, I said, you know what? He's going to be perfect, perfect for the podcast because he's doing super cool and interesting things. He's bringing new people into aviation. He's bringing new life um, through the use of social media. And if you guys haven't found him already over on social media, I think you really need to go give him a follow after you hear his story today. So I'm so excited to, to have on the show from the West coast, uh, Mark Robinson from one above aviation and so happy to have him on the show, uh, today. So Mark, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, uh, to our AvGeek audience. Uh, where are you from? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, walk. Hi, everybody, and uh, pleasure to be here. Um, that was a nice introduction. Thank you. Of course. And um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So basically, um, I was born and raised in uh, Yaoundé, Cameroon, which is on the west coast of Africa. So if you look at the map of Africa, it's a it's um, kind of an upside down L, and I was right on the west coast, right by the equator. So the country of Cameroon and lived there till I was about eight and moved to the United Kingdom uh, with my parents, my British parents. They were missionaries at the time in Africa, um, translating the Bible and doing some other things. And then um, moved to England uh, really for education purposes before uh, moving to the United States in 2006, I believe, May 2006. Um, where I've pretty much been ever since now. So I would say it's about 11 and a half years or so in the United States. Okay. So how, you know, where are you now in the States? I know we're on the West Coast, but tell everyone where you're at now. Uh, right now, um, we're located at, um, and I'm located, uh, I live in Santa Ana, um, and John Wayne Airport is located in Santa Ana, California, which is about 40 miles uh, south on the uh, famous 405 freeway. Oh man, from 405. <laughs> nasty, nasty, nasty. Nasty, nasty. Um, and I was actually just flying tonight. If you could see a picture I took, it'd be quite incredible. 
Um, so yeah, just south of uh, Los LAX, Los Angeles here um, in Orange County. Um, very blessed, blessed to be here. I chose to come to Orange County um, when I was in London with a friend and I said, I want to go to flight school. And I had the opportunity to go to America and uh, we sat down and said, well, you can go to the East coast or the West coast. And we researched schools and yeah. having been on vacation to Newport beach, California in 1998, when I was 18, um, lo and behold, I didn't, wouldn't believe that if you just told me eight years later, I would be back here learning to fly. I would have, uh, said, yeah, right. So <laughs> that's where I am right now. <laughs> so when did you, when did you start? Was 2006 when you started flying or when did you start flying? Um, it, it was actually, yeah, it was uh, 2006. Uh, I think it was February. I took a, I took a flight in England. I was in England at the time. And uh, having already lived in the United States, I lived in North Dakota, Fargo for a year. Ooh, that's um, cold. Ooh. It was cold. cold. It was cold. Hence, it was only a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wind chill factor will uh, will go right through your bones up there. So, um, from, so how is life in the uh, you know kind of what I consider the LA proper uh, area? How what's it like? You know. Um, well, it's different from, from England. That's for sure. I, I came here, I came here on the mindset to California of learning to fly. So that was always my orientation. That was always my focus. And really when you go into flight school, it's very intense. You kind of live, breathe and study it. Uh, after each lesson, you're exhausted, go home, take a nap before you have to read again. So I was very much almost institutionalized in my flight school and my flight training to get so focused. So, um, life, life in SoCal, um, it, I mean, you can't beat the weather. It's, it's a great place to fly. Um, there's so many different ways to go on this, you know, comparing it to either, um, North, my, my time in Fargo, North Dakota or, or England or Africa. Uh, but I gotta say SoCal, I'm pretty happy. I love the dynamics. I love the, um, uh, differences in culture, um, you know, that really stems from my childhood. So I fit in well here and, and flying has been a blessing because you have the high mountains, 11,000 feet, and then you have the sea. So you get a whole bunch of variations. You, you just get, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. And one of the, I have to say, cause I know you've done it a few times and I've been telling my wife this cause she's from Southern California as well, down in the, San, cool. down in the San Diego area, not too far. Uh, um, I was actually, we're, we're supposed to be coming there soon. And the, one of the first airports that I looked at was uh john wayne uh there you go uh, <laughs> uh but i mean yeah one of the first things that i want to do when i fly in california uh when i do get the chance is i want to go to catalina i know you've done that there a few i know you've done that a few times and I, that's oh, all just a few list. <laughs> it's a it's it's a it's a thousand dollar hamburger now not a hundred yeah <laughs> times have changed um, and I know you're married to your wonderful wife, but I always have, yeah. you know, this is kind of funny because, you know, us people in aviation and our wives, it's really interesting. And people always ask the interesting questions, but I'm really generously, you know, I'm really genuinely curious when I meet other pilots and other people in aviation, you know, when you got married and when you met your wife, what did, what did she think, you know, saying basically my life's going to be aviation? Um, what did she think when yeah, I was in it? She, yeah. What did she think about it? You know, well, her original thoughts, her original thoughts were there's a cute guy at the bar in a flight jacket. 
let's talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. Um, in fact, I think I probably I, I sat next to her, so uh, that that kind of opened the conversation up straight away. I was like, "There's a cute girl," and then she goes, "Oh, you're a pilot." I said, "Yep." Um, so so that that was me, and then actually just going on through our dating and stuff. Um, she actually was, um, out of, out of college, um, having been studying to become a doctor, but then put that on hold and, um, uh, was doing some personal system work for an executive and just said, Hey, you know, you seem to be having fun, you know, in your career, you know, what do you do like more of? And I told her, you know, flight training and my schedule and everything like that as we were dating, um, and one thing led to another where then she went to college and, um, you know, didn't really settle in finding her major Yeah, and, and then suddenly said, you know, what? I'm going to change it from anthropology to aviation. And that's a pretty big change. That's a big change. Yeah. So, um, so after kind of searching what she wanted to do, uh, doctor school, anthropology, and then going to, and seeing how happy I was, she said, I'm going to do aviation. So Lo and behold, she, she gets into aviation and, um, and, um, with all her previous executive work and then her aviation experience after I started this company, um, she, you know, she started to help out part-time with the paperwork and, 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 uh, and lo and behold, now she's on the payroll full time. Is she a pilot too now? She's a student pilot. Yes. Okay. So yeah. I'm going so to get my wife into it sometime. <laughs> I know I'm slowly, she, but surely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She, she's met people. She's long, she's long some training in the Gulfstream and in different helicopters. I've taken her up in the Goodyear airship when I used to work for Goodyear in the oh, airship. Cool. Um, so yeah, she's, she's flown in lots of different aircraft. Um, and I, and, and I've been lucky or blessed to be able to take her in all these different aircraft. So take me back, you know, to Mark younger, younger Mark. What was life like growing up for you? I, I mean, I know you grew up, you know, outside the United States. So what types of things were you, were you into, you know, your hobbies? Uh, did you play any sports? And then at, you know, at what age or where, you know, did you start getting that itch for aviation? Um, and you said, you know what, I'm going to do this. Well, as a child growing up in Africa, we played outside a lot, <laughs> um, a lot. And to get places, we had to get in uh, small Cessnas planes Okay. Um, and to go from one bush city to another bush yep. city. So that was pretty, um, that was pretty cool, but that is not what got me into aviation. I even remember as a child at nine, 10 years old, back in England, working with Legos, playing with my dad and he would build the, biggest helicopters, but that's still not what got me into aviation. Um, what finally got me into aviation from a really grabbing standpoint was, um, not actually not even the times that I would go on vacation and go up in a helicopter because my boss at the time let us all go in a helicopter because we won a, uh, our, our sales targets and, and stuck us in a helicopter outside London to London Heathrow. Um, and that's not even what did it. What actually eventually did it was being at a point in my life where I was so down in the dumps, um, had broken up with a lady 
and just said, you know what, for me as a guy at this point in my life, I'd given up a lot. I'd moved from the UK now to the US. So I'm kind of fast forwarding a lot. And then I moved back to the UK. So if you're a guy and you've moved continents already three times yeah. and, you're, and you're that down in the dumps, you certainly want to do something challenging. So I said, you know what, I'm going to become a pilot. I didn't know any pilots. Uh, my friends didn't know any pilots. Um, I just said, I looked out the window and I said, wow, there's a plane. I wonder if I could become a pilot. So I looked up learning to fly a plane. And then I looked up, what else could I learn to fly? And then I looked up what's challenging to fly. So I started, <laughs> so then I ended up just starting with helicopters and that's it. My Pretty motivation the most was challenging to thing to fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Not from the Goodyear airship. That's harder, but yeah, I mean, the m- motivation started from a girl, but what doesn't. But it was pretty much, so you basically got into aviation through pretty much self-created inspiration then, you know, just pretty much wanting to prove yourself and, you know, you wanted to do something to pretty much as I'm getting it to make you happy. To make me happy. Exactly. And, and you, you nailed it. Yeah. I can't say anything more than that, but from, I wanted also, um, to, focus on and have a career, you know, do something challenging makes me happy to have. And I realized that doing aviation would also be a career because what happens is you log your flight time and logging your flight time. I can look back right now and tell you what I did. I've been in it this long, but over a decade ago, so 11, 11 years ago today, I could tell you what I was doing. I mean, it's logged. It's, it's amazing really. So you build on that career and that's just something as a nerd that you can kind of look back at your hours and build your hours in aviation and see what you're doing. So I thought, well, be happy, motivation and, and the career. And, and it's, you know, it's funny cause I think you, you, it sounds like you sense it a little too, but it's a little bit about patience too. I mean, cause it's kind of the same thing that, that I went through, you know, you know what I do now because we interact uh, just through, you know, outside in, in my day to day work. But, you know, when I look back four years ago, I wasn't even close to doing what I was doing today. I wasn't even on this side of the business. I was doing totally something different. And then I figured it, you know, I, I thought to myself, I said, this isn't making me happy. I need to do something that makes me happy. What makes me happy, being in aviation and dealing with the people in aviation, though sometimes they can be difficult. It is, it is, it is one of the most rewarding and most fun things, you know, fun industries to be in. And it doesn't even matter the worst and hard day. Like it's still worth it 100%. So I totally agree (laughs) with what you were just saying. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, if you go out there, you know, if you go out there and look for your ideal partner, you're probably not going to find it. But if you suddenly just relax in your own boots, you will stumble across something that's your passion. And, you know, I, I, I believe there's, um, you know, God has a plan and, and I, I wouldn't have wished on my worst enemy what I went through relationship wise, but you know what, it, it put me where I am and it got me the motivation to do what I'm doing. And maybe I needed that firecracker up my butt to uh-huh. do that. So this is so, kind of, yeah, very this has kind of been a good segue, uh, into, into this question that I have. So, from all your experiences from from Africa, from the UK to the US, you know, growing up to now where you are as an experienced pilot and an experienced business owner, what was, you know, what can you say is one of the biggest lessons that you've personally learned and you kind of still hold close to you today in your day-to-day life? Boy. Um that that changes. Um that's changed over the, over the years, I think, as you get more experience, but uh-huh. 
Um, I, I really think you cannot take yourself too seriously. Um, I think I think vulnerability is key. Um, it's huge. That, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know. At the end of the day, you sit back and realize, look, everyone's human. Everyone's got feelings. That there are there are some real um, you know nuts out there, and there, but there's. I think most of the time people are genuinely nice. Um, and in the aviation world, there's a lot of e- egos. Um, but I think you just, I kind of had that reflection a little, a little while, you know, back in the day. And I'm like, actually, um, you don't need to um, be so. Uh, I think you can make yourself vulnerable and, and learn a lot and, and not take yourself too seriously. Uh, and one of the biggest lessons I learned and I keep learning is it's okay to say no, because often, often, you know, if one door closes, a window will open as they say. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And, and so hold, holding that uh, vulnerability, I think it kind of shows a, a little bit of genuineness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I've, I've, I continue to learn a lot basically. It's, it's, a, it's fantastic. So I know one of the things that, you know, and, and now that we've kind of understood a little bit about your personal life and kind of where you've been, um, where you started and where you've kind of gotten to now, but how people, at least how now I know you and how I started to know you, and I think how a lot of people out there um, are starting to hear your name and, you know, your guys' business name is kind of through this brand, uh, kind of this branding that you've done. And you really, have, in my eyes, have kind of mastered it. Um, and you work hard on it tirelessly. I mean, I love it so much. I love it so much people and um, people talk about it. And so it means it obviously means it's working. Um, so I know people understand you as the face of one above aviation and kind of this, the really cool brand that you've kind of have really got going the, I eat sleep, I eat, sleep, fly brand. And I kind of want to deep dive into how you've been able to build this cool and this fun brand and how you've really pumped in kind of my opinion, some life back into the rotorcraft training world, because it's kind of, as I look at it and you look back and you know, the past and the history, it's kind of like this rough and tough, I don't know, kind of get your, get your feet dirty kind of area. Yeah. Now it's fun yeah. and it's like hip. And yeah. I mean, and if you guys don't know it, I mean, he's the king of the Skittles helicopters. I mean, he really <laughs> is. That's how everybody knows him. And don't don't make fun of his aircraft because I mean, they they get a lot of attention. No, and I love it. Uh, but I want to I want to talk about how you've really mastered this branding and fun um, in aviation. So I got a few I got a few questions that kind of surrounds uh, surrounds that. So okay, what made you want to? purchase your own training school and basically run it and pretty much start, you know, this whole brand, not really from the ground up. Cause I mean, it was there. Um, but kind of, you know, what motivated you, uh, to do that? Like, was this something you always wanted to do? Um, it was on, it, it's always on your mind, but it of wasn't course. something I particularly wanted to do. Uh-huh. Um, so what happened, I was, I was working at Goodyear airship operations. Um, great company, love the people, the machine is fantastic, but it was just kind of boring. Right. And I had the opportunity after meeting an individual to, to start a school, um, having started, having had the opportunity and, you know, jumped at it. I said, okay, well, I'll get back into helicopters. Cause I'd been out of helicopters for a year full time. I'd been doing it part time for 
a local police department and as a safety pilot for the Robinson Safety Factory. Um, but, but this was an opportunity to get back into it full time. So I took it, I jumped, and it wasn't long after we started. I said, I suppose I need to see all the media that's out there. Yeah. So little by little, I'm like, okay, well, I have Facebook. So now where do I go next? And Instagram was just taken off. And and um, and I look back now at all my old students who used to have Instagram before I even knew what it was. It kind of cracks me up. Um, but so I said, I said, decided, well, and that was kind of the vulnerability I go back to. It's like, well, you know what? someone has to do this. So I I may as well be the face, right? So I just say, well, what can be my username? And I just thought, well, I eat, I sleep and I fly. And that's pretty much what everyone does when they go on vacation. That's pretty much what everyone wants to do or everyone in the world will do 66% of those two things. Yeah. So, so, um, so I thought, well, yeah, I'll come up with, I eat, sleep, fly. Um, yeah, I don't think eat, sleep, fly was available. So I said, I eat, sleep, fly. And you know, the I and was just thought that would be pretty modern. And I, I is me is you is everyone. So I'd like to do more eating and sleeping, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> as would, as would everybody, of but, course. but, but the nice thing is we can fly to nice, to nice locations and, and enjoy the facilities and have something to eat. So I decided uh, I'd become the face of it. And, uh, one thing led to another and, and then, you know, you have a hundred followers and then you have a thousand followers and then you have 10,000 followers. And the next thing you know, you're approaching 20,000 followers. And I think it just stemmed from, wow, I'll just kind of not be the learn to fly here kind of, uh, 1970s, you know, flight school, like why push, why push trying to learn to fly when you can just push the experience, the fun, this is this oh, fun. I mean, I'm having fun. It should be eat, sleep, fly fun. Yeah. So safety is first and foremost in aviation. It is the safest method of transportation. I have never in my approaching 10,000 hours and 11 years of flight time had a, had an issue. You know, you got to operate these aircraft within the limitations they're given to you. Um, you know, touch wood, you know, I, I've, I've seen a lot of things in my time. Um, and I've got to say that you can safety first teach with a syllabus, but after that you can have fun all day long. And that really stems from every single person you're teaching is paying to be at school. So you may as well make it enjoyable in the process. Exactly. And I know in our many interactions, you know, and what I, you know, what I and everybody else sees online, I know you love your job and it's so fun and rewarding, but what are some of the perks that you have found that come along with doing, you know, doing the things that you get to do? Well, I got to meet you at Bell. Oh, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, that, that, that's pretty cool. You know, just social media in itself is very easy to connect with people and, um, just this year, I've been all over the world. I'm very blessed to have gone to Norway and there was an air show and two guys came up to me and said, Oh my gosh, you know, I follow you on Instagram. Let's take a selfie. I'm like, that's so <laughs> cool. You know? And, um, and it, I would say the perks is to, um, just build relationships. Um, uh, it's great to meet. I'd say the biggest perk is to meet new students who come into this and you build the, your relationship with them and you don't know if they're going to go and end up having a career that you're going to work with them one day. 
or they're going to buy a helicopter and pay for all your training at Bell. And, you know, you get to meet yourself and, and, uh, you know, travel and stay in nice hotels and have, have the good food. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. It's fun. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, it, the great thing about, uh, what I like, um, you know, planes and pl the plane industry is a little different from the helicopter industry, the helicopter industry, you will tend to fly your operation and come home to your wife, family, dogs, kids at night. Yeah. So it's, I think it's much more family oriented. Um, I like it because it's a lot more engaging to fly. So a huge perk is being able to go home at night. Right. Um, so I, I, th I think that's uh, that, that in itself is huge. Obviously getting paid to fly when you've paid, um, $300 an hour, $60,000 to get qualified, a, a huge, a huge perk when you get out of flight school is wait a minute, I'm getting paid to do this now. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty legit. That's cool. So I, and you, you kind of talk, and I know when you've traveled, you've done a few cool projects. I know you did explain the one that you did in Africa. You, you were doing some flying missions in Africa, like last year, I want to say, right. You know what? It was in January this year, D this year. Okay, man. January this, I tell you, this year is flying. It feels like it was last year, but literally. <laughs> <laughs> so Africa was very special to me and my heart. I actually did that entire trip pro bono. Oh, wow. Um, and the reason I did that was I wanted to give back. And I was born in Cameroon, Africa. My parents were missionaries there. And my dad ran the Wycliffe Bible Translator Organization and SIL. And they actually um, work with uh, JARS, which is a mission organization. And believe it or not, they were purchasing a Robinson R66 helicopter. Oh, really? And, and just through the grapevine, they heard about me and my experience in the machine at the factory training. And, um, and lo and behold, I am now back in Cameroon after however old I am at that point. I was 37 and I'm teaching the pilots that once flew me as a five-year-old different pilots, but same yeah. role, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm there to me, that was just icing on the cake, like the cherry on top that I could go after all that time and all that experience and all that training that I could go back and train. And that was for uh, an organization called jars with Wycliffe Bible translators. Um, and, and they're hiring. And I love how so, you documented the whole thing too. It was really, really cool to, to watch. And yeah. I'm sure a lot of people noticed that. I mean, that was super, super cool. I, I love, I, I, you know, what? I think the, the mission organization, um, is not a competition to us, Yeah. but on the documentation fact, I actually like to visit other schools and I don't mind in fact, just today I went to Palm Springs and I, and I publicized, uh, another company out there in Palm Springs, the tour company. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with helping your competitors out, you know, just share the love, um, business is business. You're either going to get it or you're not. And if you advertise business somewhere else, no big deal, you know? Um, so, and there's other schools on the airfield here. I share people can easily go to, um, it's so much money you're spending in aviation. I say, just make your own decision. Be yeah. happy where you're spending. Be happy where you're spending it. 
Um, and just doing the right thing for people is is kind of like it's always doing the right thing is always the right thing. And exactly. It's like you know exactly. if you're propping other people up, if you do it enough, if it eventually is going to come back to you and it's going to help you more than what you gave to other people. And so and that is, it's huge. It's huge. And that's now why my wife is my boss. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. You know, she, you, you asked earlier, you know, she got into aviation and I really believe in helping other people and propping them up. And, yeah. and I, I don't know, I don't know how we have been blessed really with such uniqueness, but, um, you know, this year has been really interesting. My wife got into aviation. I wanted to give her more and more responsibility and education in the business. So I just kept loading her up on stuff. And it just came about this year in June that my wife could take over the business. And we wanted her to be a hundred percent female owner. I wanted to push her to grow her. And, you know, one of our last instructors left after all my mentoring and guiding, he started his own thing. Um, another one of our instructors, I said, stick around till you meet someone. And he wanted to fly planes as well. So he met someone, a student who bought a helicopter and now pay for him to fly planes. And, oh, wow. and, and our last instructor, you know, we mentored and guided and, and now works with you at Bell. Yeah. You just had the, um, the, the girl, right? She's over in China. Yeah. Yeah. Ting Ting. Yeah. Um, our Chinese instructor. She's absolutely awesome. She reminds me of myself when I, when, <laughs> when, when I started, cause she, she's really motivated and hungry and, and everything. And I, I thought she would do really well. And, and now just a month ago, she got hired by bell and started at school straight out of flight school. You know, she went through school. She was not, didn't find work for two years. Um, I think a little bit of that is biased towards the language barrier as yeah. you know, Chinese and, and being female in this male dominated industry. But you know, I just said, I love, I'm foreign. I love hiring foreigners. I want to give another, I want to give her a break. I hired her, loved her. And and now she's working at Bell and she's going to go to China. And I tell you, you know, and that's not, you know, it's not just because she can speak the language. I mean, that, that it's funny because I, you know, this is, this whole podcast is totally outside of business, but you know, bringing it back, that is, you can read the news, you can read anything. China is one of the most important markets that all the brands are focusing on. And that's a big Dude. deal to be able to be put on that team because of the focus yeah. that all the major OEMs are putting on that country. Um, because yeah. that country is booming in the rotocraft space. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think it's really cool that she has uh, joined the team. But I want to go back to kind of this branding and this social thing that you've really mastered. And I'm trying to preach to everybody that one of the biggest tools that you can use is somebody young and interesting is, you know, all the social media networks. So, you know, and you've been pumping a lot out there every single day. Um, and maybe some people don't get to see it cause they don't follow you. So there's, there's my plug for you go follow him. Um, but how has, <laughs> how has Instagram in these, these other social channels helped you in business and your own personal aviation connections? Um, I think it can work two ways. Uh, people are very judgmental behind a screen. Yeah. So I'm sure some people out there are going, oh, you know, he's doing too much. What type of focus is this? So on and so forth. But, um, but it's amazing how you can just take a quick picture and post it later or, or at the time or wherever. Um, now for me to make, to meet people, in aviation or enthusiastic in aviation or following up, it, it's just phenomenal. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you don't even need a name and a number anymore. You can just message someone and be like, what's up? You know, the power um, of the direct message, the power of the direct message. I mean, you're getting in the palm of someone's house when they're at their most vulnerable in bed. Right. So the power of social media is just incredible. You, back in the day that used to be, you know, uh, you had to call somebody or send them an email. <laughs> Well, I mean, it used to be in the newspaper, right? Uh, you yeah. get the news, you, newspaper, you know, they go to get delivered to their house and then you're in their lounge and they're reading on a Sunday. But now it's just like, boom, messages, media, all that stuff. So for me, making contacts has been phenomenal. No more so than when I travel the world and I go to these different schools and I meet students and, 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 and they're like, wow, I feel like I already know you and what you were doing yesterday. And, you know, we can have a, a, a real conversation about that. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, so there's kind of the, there's that side. And then for business, for a business standpoint, I think it's good that people connect with a face. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like how, um, uh, bell has a logo or Coke or FedEx has a logo yep. or, um, you know, uh, any, any organization has a logo. They focus on that. So yes, we have a logo, but we also have a face of the brand, just like at Christmas time, Coca-Cola would have the Santa Claus, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's association and then by association creates trust. And then, um, and then, and then you build a reputation on the brand from that. Um, don't know why I got started thinking about that, but I just said, I eat, sleep, fly. Let's go ahead and um, be the face. I suppose no one else was going to do it. It was just, I was the only employee. So do you think um, that the, do you think that the aviation community is kind of taking this advantage and kind of the things that we're doing and connecting with all these people across the world? Do you think other people in aviation, I guess in general, are taking this for granted and not taking the opportunity to be able to use something that could really help them? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't think enough people are, are doing it or realize the power of it. Uh-huh. Um, now, just like everything, you know, people will move from one app to another app. So you've got to keep up. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you've got to keep up, but I don't think, I don't think people want to kind of like go onto someone's social media feed and see like a post from four years ago. I'd be like, Oh, you know, wh- what are they doing? So I just want to be fresh, current, fun, um, it doesn't take a lot of effort, uh, really. Um, once you get, once you get in the habit and you get some good footage angles. <laughs> so how can, how can younger aviators, you know, you've seen how it works for you in all, you know, basically documenting your, your school's day to day life. How can these younger aviators, how can they use it to, to network and achieve their, their goals, you know, that they have? Um, Communicate directly with the school um, through through. You can see a lot of what a school's doing just by their social media, and it yeah. gives you a lot about it gives you a lot about management from that standpoint. Anyway, like how current are they on stuff? You know, is 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 reflective in what they're doing and how they're doing it. You know, um, so I mean, connect with your local school, connect with your local school through social media. Um, I, I really do believe in the power of face to face. Um, you will not get a call back from a lot of schools, um, on social media. We are responsive on the phones. We are responsive, um, making an appointment to go in a, a, a lot of people in aviation are busy or flying. Um, so making an appointment is, is key. Um, but go in and see your local school, 
go in and check it out, go and meet the faces, build that, build that, um, uh, enthuse while well, you already have the enthusiasm, build that, um, reputation, you know, repetition, repetition, keep going into the school, say hi, um, save up your money, you know, spend a couple of bucks with your local school if you want to. Um, but I think through social media in particular, um, you can feel the enthusiasm through that. And, and we have got a lot of business through social media of people going like, wow, how can I do that? Yeah, that you was, know. that was kind of in kind of what you just said, using, using it as a tool. That was kind of my last, my last episode talking about, you know, ways, how can you afford, so, how can you afford to fly? And I talked yeah. about, I said, Hey, I, you know, I think bartering is a really good idea and you can use social media as the tool and you go find somebody out there and you talk to them and figure out a way how you can bring value to them if they're in the, if they're in the aviation space, you know, right? Like, right, right. Do something for them, provide a value to them. So hopefully that maybe they'll provide something back to you. Yeah. And we have this hashtag, um, that we use on our Instagram or our media that, that is hashtag. This could be you. Yeah. I didn't want to say something like you could do this or, um, or, or something that was, uh, this should be you, you know, you don't push, don't push things on people. Of course not. Just create the idea, you know, like this really could be you. This could yep. be me. Oh, heck, you know, it is me. And if you go into your local school and you kind of keep popping in and saying hello and taking some good pictures and, you know, there are some free seats and I, I just, today I just flew a helicopter and there was three empty seats in the back. So fill them up with your friends. Yeah. Give them, give them a free ride. All of a sudden you're, you're giving away a little ride and, Next thing you know, they may be getting into aviation or realizing that they, they love it more than they thought. Yeah, because it all stemmed, that that podcast episode actually stemmed from somebody. We have a, down here in North Texas, we have a North Texas Aviators Facebook group. I love Facebook groups. They're awesome uh, to connect with people as well. But somebody had reached out. They were actually moving from the West Coast. They're moving from California. And they posted on there. They said, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a pilot. I'm not current. Um, but I'm an A and P mechanic. Does anybody oh. does anybody need mechanic work that I can trade for flight time? Basically, I'm gonna go fix your plane. You yeah. know, if you let me fly an hour or two here and there, you know, make it worth it. And I looked at that and I was like, man, that kid's genius. That is, yeah. you know, giving somebody value, doing work for somebody, and hoping you know that there's you know there's not money, but hey, I want to do work for you because this is you know this is kind of what I want to do. And we're, you know what? You just touched on a point that I completely forgot to mention. We actually uh, have a student who does do, do uh, work for us. Um, and we have a couple of students who do a variety of things, but they actually um, get experienced by being in and around the airport doing yeah. work for us. And, and, and they get some uh, flight time out mm-hmm. of it. You know, it works. That generally works. And it's not, and I'm not saying like, and I, and I had to preface it by saying, this isn't going to get you all 40 hours. This is going to get you an hour (laughs) here. It's going to get you an hour there. But if you want the really good experience and maybe flying with other people and getting that experience, like that's a great way. Um, That's a great way to do it. But I think this is a really good segue to kind of go in and talk about your guys' training school because I really want to learn some more. And I think the, uh, I think the audience out there, 
they kind of know you, but maybe they're wondering, you know, how does rotorcraft flight school, helicopter flight school really work? So let's kind of get into the details and hopefully answer some of these questions. Uh, so for your guys' school, how many students do you guys usually train at one time? Well, we enroll um, for different ratings, whether it's private pilot, instrument, commercial, flight instructor, instrument instructor, or ATP. We do the whole shebang. We enroll an average of uh, 70 students a year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we're pretty busy down here. Obviously, Los Angeles is massively uh, populated. Um, So it's an average of like, what, 52 weeks in a year. So one and a half a week ish, um, you know, uh, so we, we enroll, um, that many students. And I would say on a continual basis, uh, we would have, we would see or have going through the system, 25 to 30 students at, at, at any one time. Oh, wow. Um, so, uh, we do, we do fly a lot. Um, we have a structured syllabus and the 24, 24- or 24 seven by point 24 hour by appointment schedule uh, open seven days a week. We've got a great team, great staff, but um, it really, it really, um, uh, it, it, it's, it's really fun to do training for people who are recreational, mm-hmm. you know, um, or even wanting to do it as a, as a career. Uh, we have every graduate that we've, we've seen in the last five years has got work, whether they've been placed or, or we've hired them. So aviation is booming. Uh, we've got a lot of students enrolled. Um, a lot of them come from, you know, abroad. And you were talking that you have a lot of uh, international students. Does, does your guys' location, you know, being in LA, does that really help you kind of attract international folks as well? I, I think, you know, just like houses, location, 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 um, you can fly 365 days a year here, um, whether it's raining um, or the, the sun's shining. Um, the, the, the location is really cool. The, the ethnic demographic is fantastic. Um, so it welcomes a lot of international people. So, yeah, definitely the location, not to mention the colleges. Um, we are not in a position to issue visas. Um, that's, a, that's a whole that's a different, whole different ball game. Yeah. That's a whole different ball game. Um, we don't have the, uh, CVIS authority to issue visas, uh, nor do we want it actually, because we're quite busy and specialized in what we do that a lot of foreigners come here to learn English or to, to do other, um, vo- you know, vocational or, or studies. And then actually they just find out, Hey, I want a hobby. And then they come to us and do their flight training. Yeah, because that's one of the things that w- down here in uh, North Texas, at least here in Fort Worth and in Denton, two of the biggest schools, uh, flight schools, both have massive international students. I mean, it, you can't go a day without being in the airspace, and I'm sure I'll hear it tomorrow morning when I fly. Uh, but you can you can hear them. They're on the they're on the oh, radios yeah. and yeah. they're yeah. <laughs> Well, tra- training in the United States is still the least expensive place to do it. Yeah. So that's why that's why a lot of internationals come here, and that's why I came here. Yeah. And I came here um, to learn to fly because I had money in U.S. dollars, and I had the opportunity to do it. And um, and uh, I, I I had yeah, I basically could come here. Um, I was on a green card at the time, and now I'm a U.S. citizen. But 
now it's, uh, you know, foreigners come here because it's less expensive, because they have the opportunity, uh, because it's just fantastic training in the United States, um, the radar and everything. And then they go back and convert their license uh, for much less than getting it there. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, so we do see a lot of foreigners come to our school and, um, but we're not about to issue visas because that's that, that, um, although it's, it's a huge, uh, you could partner with colleges abroad and it's, and it's a huge revenue generator. So does the, um, you know, the HR work go up and stuff. So we're, we're busy, we're busy and blessed enough. Uh, not to do that in LA. So with students coming into to fly school, maybe they have no no background in the aviation world. What do you think are some of the things that you've seen? You know, students maybe overlooking about rotorcraft flight school, or maybe just flight school in general. Maybe they come to you and they're like, "I want to do this," and then you start hitting them with the facts, and they're like, "Oh, maybe not." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm one of those people and I, I got into aviation not knowing a single thing. Um, and actually, we're the only school here at John Wayne Airport that flies planes and helicopters. And I wanted to fly planes initially until I did my research and I figured out, oh, hang on, I can fly helicopters too? What? And I really wanted to do something challenging. Personally, wanted to do something challenging and helicopters were harder. So I just went down that road and then I thought about the lifestyle and all that stuff. Now, now I'm down the road. I am rated in planes as well. I do fly them as well. Um, and I think, I think when people start, they're like, Oh wow. You know, I, I have to dedicate a bit more time to this than I had anticipated. I mean, yeah, it's not rocket science, but sure to do anything, you have to put time and effort into it. Yep. Of course. I don't think enough people nowadays have enough grit. You need grit to succeed. You know, where are the days of the people making the effort and having a little bit of grit? So, um, so we, people soon realize, you know what, it's going to be harder than I thought. I actually better pick up the books and start reading it. Um, I've got to take this test. No one's going to do it for me. So yeah. let's, let's, let's get it done. Let's pick up the, let's pick up the hours and get my pilot's license. That, and I'll tell you, you know, I, I was one of those people I thought, you know, on the fixed wing side, I know it's a little harder on the helicopter side, but I, I said, you know what? I'm going to do the fixed wing thing, and it's good weather down here in Texas. This is going to take me no more than four months. <laughs> and I said, and then seven months later, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just about finished. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. way harder than you originally. Um, it is. Originally. Yeah, it is. So, it is. Well, you're just, you know, you're in the air and you're dealing with your life. You want to make sure you do it right. Of course. So kind of the last thing about you is what, you know, this is going to be a little moment for you to be able to prop your own your own school up, but I'm really interested in your eyes and your opinion, what makes you different from other, you know, other schools that somebody like me could go to? That is a great question. And I always answer that with our competition is our best advertising. Okay. So I, I tell people just go to go somewhere else. And, and, and again, I like to just be transparent and say, it's a lot of money you're about to spend second to a wedding uh, a house, a car, it's a lot of money. So you need to be happy where you're spending it, whether you spend it with us or you don't spend it with us, I will mentor and guide you. It's a small industry. Yeah. I want to be, I want to just be helpful. Um, 
we're, we're going to get business in the door and I'm happy for people to go somewhere and, and have a look. And, uh, we are in a, we're in the 12th busiest airport in the United States for general aviation. The airport sells. Yeah. The airport sells itself. It just won number one of top airports for, um, John Wayne for service or something. And it is the 41st busiest airport for passenger traffic in the United States. And there are over 19,650 airports, heliports, and, um, uh, yeah, in the United States. So we're right up there. So the airport and the facility kind of sells itself. Um, and then the school, like I mentioned, we do just fly planes and helicopters and a lot of our instructors are dual qualified and certified. Um, and, uh, I'd have to, I have to say that we really like to promote what you can do yeah. with aviation. Um, what sets us apart? Uh, I, I don't know me. I'm a little quirky. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I mean, Hey, it's always, yeah. you know, a, a school, a team is always as good as its leader, right? I mean, whoever's leading the yeah. pack, I mean, so, I mean, you got to be good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, su- I suppose so. So we're, we're, we're happy. I mean, I'm very proud of what we've built. I really am. Um, and uh, as long as you tick the boxes, you have good communication with the local flight standard district office, which is who regulates us. And you've got good communication with your students, um, really you just build on that. And, and I think that kind of, that, that speaks to, uh, you know, about you personally, I want to get back to kind of some personal things and kind of what you believe in. Cause I think a lot of people maybe will pick, you know, pick up and learn from it, but you know, in your day-to-day life in running, you know, your guys' business, what, what are your personal values that you kind of truly believe in and that you live by every single day? Well, I have to remind myself on this a daily basis because we're all human, but you, you, you really cannot judge. Yeah. Um, you, you have to respect everyone. Um, you know, when you, early in my days, I thought, Oh yeah, I'm a pilot. Whoa. You know, that's so cool. Um, and then you have the fuelers come out and fuel you and you're just like, yeah, can you please fuel my aircraft? I've got to run in. Well, when you actually stop and talk to those fuelers, guess what? They're getting their pilot's license. A lot of them are. It's crazy. I've seen it. <laughs> they're getting their pilot's license. They're working at the airport because they're interested in aviation, not just because they want to be a ramp person, you know, between 12 to 15 bucks an hour or something. So, you know, you cannot talk down to everyone. Everyone has a story. Respect everyone. Listen and um and, uh, and, and really go from there. I think when you welcome everybody like that and you welcome everybody with open arms, that is going to be a lot. If I wanted to be remembered, it'd be like that guy, you know, just listen, welcomed us. That's, that's how I'd kind of want it to go down. And and I I was going to ask, you know, those exact values, how you, um, you know, how that shows up in your day to day work. But I think you really, you really talked about that already. And I think if anybody wants proof on how he lives out those values, I mean, just follow your stories on a day to day basis and exactly what you're saying. I mean, you're getting everybody together. Everybody's having a good time. Uh, well, we I just mean, had a party. I, you did. <laughs> I missed it. I'm so mad, but it looked like a fun party too. It was Tom Tom a record turnout. Tom, Tom Cruise showed up. <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise showed up and we had almost two, 200 uh, people, which is our record turnout. And 
you know, and we literally do that because we want people to connect in aviation. There are rules, there are regulations, there are talks, there are, everything is so formal and official. So we just decided, you know what, let's just have a party. I don't even grab the mic to, to welcome anybody. I will just walk around the party and say hello and enjoy myself because it's for our instructors. It's for our students. That's for it for anyone else who wants to just come in to the open house. And we just call it the aviation social night. Um, and, and, uh, and it, we used to do it a little bit more than a year, but it got so big and so expensive. Now we're just like, you know what? We'll do it yearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. But, but now that's a, it's a great way, you know, everyone and in aviation, here's the funny thing. You're around the wealthiest people in the world. Yeah. And you're also around some of the non wealthiest people in the world. I mean that you got people cleaning your helicopter and you're about to go fly it. So you just have to, you, you don't have to do anything, but I want to be courteous and welcoming. And I remind myself on a daily basis. Um, and, 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 you know, as, as you get more popular and you walk around, I always tell people at an airport, there is always someone watching and there's always someone listening. So be careful how you conduct yourself. That's a, you literally hit it on the nail, right? You know, the head on the head on the nail. I think that's how it goes. But I was, it was a couple of weeks ago, me and my wife were taking a flight uh, for dinner and one of the ramp guys came up to me and he said, Hey, cause he saw I had a camera in my hand and me and my wife were taking pictures and he said, Hey, you're that guy on that podcast, Avki Chronicles. Right. And I said, wait, you listen to the podcast? Like this was, you know, m- mid episode, probably episode 15 or so. Now I'm up to 2023. 20, um, uh, but I was like, man, you listen to it. He goes, yeah, I'm getting my pilot's license right now. And you know, it's just interesting to hear the different things that you have to say. And that's kind of like, it hit me, right? Like people that are interested in your local area, they're probably going to follow you. They may not talk to you, but they're going to see what you do. They're going to see what you're talking about. They're going to see, you know, how you conduct yourself and they're going to look at it if it's a professional or non-professional way. So always do your best and always treat people right. Yeah. And, and you have to remind yourself of that because, um, we're all human. So why do you think, you know, I think in aviation is such an, when you're going through it, you're going through flight school, you know, it's a big, it's a big deal. You know, it costs a lot of money. Huge. Huge. It, it takes a lot of time. Um, it's a lot of stress. So why do you think the common, what is the common reason for maybe some younger folks in aviation? Why, they kind of fail and give up on their dreams and then what could they do in your experience what could they do differently to maybe divert from that and continue going down i i think a, a huge discouraging factor is um cost mm-hmm. um i mean it's just expensive there's no way there's just no way around it it's just expensive to operate aircraft it, 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 it is, it is expensive. And I was very blessed how I managed to pay for it myself. Actually. Um, I worked hard at 21 and bought a house and one thing led to another in the UK. And, um, and here I am doing flight school and, and, uh, I earn less, I would earn less money than I did in banking, but heck of a lot happier. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. There's not, um, if you're not like, there's not a dime in the world that can make you extremely happy. You just got to be doing what makes you happy 
what makes you, you happy. Yeah, yeah, you really do. You really do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed banking in my previous life, but aviation is is pretty spectacular. Just just the views alone, you know. Yeah. Um, but I would say that um, uh, fi- you know, finance financial is a huge uh, issue for people. Um, I also feel in this day and age, a bit of entitlement by people. Mm -hmm. They think they can do it or they deserve to do it. So if there's a handout, they might do it, but then they drop out. So I'm really impressed that a lot of scholarships won't pay out until you have your private pilot's license. Yep. Um, That shows that you've made the effort. Um, So I, I like that um, shows that people have grit again and they kind of do some work and, and, and they get their hands dirty and they become a pilot. Um, I, I say financial is, is the biggest hurdle. Um, and then moving, moving on from there, we have really good retainership. Actually, we retain about 75% of our clients. Oh, well, pretty and good. We, yeah. And then the other 25% are usually going because they lost their job or they can't afford it anymore or they broke up with their girlfriend or they're moving state or they're moving country or they just bought a car or, you know, several different reasons. Um, those other percentage may not do it. We don't have anyone that just says, no, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. The higher dropout rate is usually with the ladies. Um, and that's typical because of, um, family obligations. Oh, okay. Um, but in that point, in that, no, we've seen a 30% increase in ladies actually coming into aviation in the last five years. It's phenomenal. Which I think is really stunning because, you know, and I talked to, uh, to some female aviators and, you know, it's really cool. And I think they're better at the social media game and showing what they can do than I think some of the males out there can do. But I mean, I oh. think it's, it's really cool that, I mean, that population, you know, of the females are, they're becoming pilots. And I, I feel that they're kind of rejuvenating aviation as well. I mean, they're really propping that oh, up. Yeah. yeah. We have a lot of, a lot of, uh, ladies enrolled in school right now. And I'll tell you, I'd have more followers if I was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, they're doing, they're doing a lot of positive things. And I think they they're are, bringing yeah. a lot of fresh new ideas and fresh new thinking to, uh, the aviation space. So no, I, I'm incredible. So if you could, if you look back, you know, at a younger, at a younger mark yourself 10 years ago, knowing what you know now, what would you tell the younger self? Say no more often. Listen more. Um, uh, what else, what else would I say? Um, uh, I, I mean, there is a, there is a lot out there. Um, I think I'll go back on the fact that you, you know, you want to almost listen to your elders, you know, like they tell you in the olden days, listen yeah. to your elders. They are older and wiser for a reason. So when you, would you say, say no more, no more often, are you talking about no more often, to be able to do the things that, you know, to reach your dreams. Is that how you're saying it? Yeah. I'm kind of saying it in in a positive way. You know, you gotta, you gotta, everything, everything has a value, but Mm -hmm. um, you don't need to, people are more flexible than you think. Um, And you, you can 
when you show that vulnerability of, you um, Hey, you know, I, I, I respect you, but I can't do that. For example, uh, in many, in many different situations, whether it's a, a, a specific fly or if it's just in business, um, you know, w- we live in a wealthy community. A lot of people come in here and say, Hey, can I give you a bulk payment to get a discount on flight training? I, ha- I have to say, no, I'm sorry. You know, we don't, we can't operate like that. Margins are tight. It's a so high risk that it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Um, it's so high risk. So that's just one example. Uh, we do offer a club rate, which is, which is similar to a block rate. Um, and, uh, and, uh, that tr- we want to treat everyone equally. So everyone's, everyone's paying the same membership rate. doesn't matter who you are and whether you want to put a ton of money down at flight school or not, you're getting the block rate. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So now that we've gotten kind of a really, really good understanding of, you know, where you came from and kind of how, how your younger life was moving, you know, from Africa to the United States, to the UK, back to, to the U S and then understanding, you know, your business and the really this cool brand that you built, um, around rotorcraft training and kind of the values that you push behind it. Um, which I think, I mean, speak for themselves uh, to the success is that you have. Um, and I think it's been, I mean, for me, I think I, I've known you, but I think I've learned so much more. <laughs> about you uh, and all the cool things um, that you've been doing. But now I want to get into a piece of the podcast that it's a little more fun. It's a little more uh, uh, quick and easy and kind of funny um, just to kind of get out of the the serious mood um, a little bit. But we're going to get into uh, my lightning round questions. And this is going to be 10 questions, 10 questions. I'm going to ask you a question and you legitimately have to say the first thing that comes to your mind. And I ask these same questions of everybody. So all my podcast uh, <laughs> podcast guests have answered these, um, and I'm going to make you have to answer them uh, as oh, well. So uh, oh, you ready to you ready to get into it? Okay, I'm ready. All I'm right, ready. Cool. Uh, Got to ask the number one question. This is who. This is definitely. This gets a kick out of everyone. But everybody in aviation, they have their own quirks. So on a scale of one to ten, you know, in your own opinion. How weird do you consider yourself? <laughs> I think I, I think I've got weirder. So I, I'm gonna go one point for every year, ten years, ten. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it. I like the honesty and the the proof behind it too. <laughs> it's funny because I've I've averaged about pretty much everybody says seven and eight. So okay. you're not okay. you're not. As I, you know, I, I asked that question because I want to keep everybody, you know, I want to keep everybody, you know, truthful because everybody in aviation is a little weird. And I just want to make yeah. sure everybody's telling the truth and being proud of it. I'm, I'm a little kooky. <laughs> we all are. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. Question number two. What's your favorite food? Food? Heck yeah. Oh, you, you'll, you'll have my heart if you take me out for a curry. Oh, mm. That's Either good a, stuff. A Thai, a Thai curry or an Indian curry. I love spicy. Question number three. What is your favorite word? Love. Love. Okay. That's a good one. Question number four. What sound or noise do you absolutely love? Uh, uh, um, helicopter blades flapping. Uh, okay. <laughs> 
it's funny. I think every every helicopter so far, except for you, every helicopter pilot uh, that I've asked, I've asked this question of, has said the the turbine starting. Everybody oh, loves go. the turbine starting. Oh yeah. Well, you know what? I, the other noise I love is listening to my dog snore. Okay. What kind of dog do you have? I have three little ankle biters. Oh, <laughs> I thought I was the only one that called them that. <laughs> oh no no no! They, they uh, three little dogs, uh, um, like a poodle mix and a chihuahua mix and like a St. Paul's or St. Charles mix or something. They're all tiny. So yeah, little dog. All right, question number question number five. What's the most important thing you carry with you on every flight? Uh, legally, my medical. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Maybe not legally, but maybe is it a good luck charm? Is it your iPad? Is it is it a oh. stick of gum? Is it a pack of gum? Is it a, oh, a pen? Most, most important thing. Um, I have I have a knife. Um. I like to travel with my knife because if you're in a pickle, you can, you know, you, I've used my knife many times. So it's actually a Leatherman. Um, so I, I, I travel with my Leatherman. Um, I've actually had to ship it to myself when I've flown commercially, but a knife can cut you out of stuff. Uh, you never know when you might have to, uh, you know, you have a screw loose and you have to tighten something up. Um, but uh, so that got springs to mind. Then obviously my camera, you never know when you need to fully charge battery. Of course. Question number six, what profession other than your own, if you had the opportunity, would you attempt? Wow. Uh, whew. Gosh. Um, I know that's tough because we love what we do. But if you, could have, yeah, if you had the opportunity tough. to say, hey, I'm going to give you another year onto your life to to, to try something new and you just want to go try it for a year, what would it be? Well, you know, I'd have to go back to maybe being a skiing instructor. Okay. Or, I love or snowboard instructor. Cause that's what I wanted to do originally. Um, it was either flight school or become a snowboard instructor. But then when I realized you could go heli skiing, I was like, Oh, kill two birds so, with one stone. <laughs> right. Exactly. So maybe I, you know, I'd like to, my knees are a little weak now. I might do skiing as opposed to snowboarding. All right, so question number seven, and you got to be honest, what are you not very good at? I am not very good at um, cleaning. <laughs> you can ask, you can, uh, uh, yes, I agree with that. You can ask my wife and she'll say, I'm terrible about that. Yeah. Or at least bad. if I do it, I'll just grab the 409 or 407. See, I don't even know what it is. And, <laughs> and, and the paper towels, and I'll just make it smell clean. The 407 is a helicopter. The 409 is the cleaning solution. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I'll use the 409 and some paper towels and just clean the whole, whole house down. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Question number eight. What is your ultimate dream in life? To have a family. Okay. Do you think you'll you've pretty much settled down in uh, Western, the West Coast? Now? I think so. I'm alive. I've got three dogs. I'm very blessed um, with a with a healthy lifestyle and and family. Um, you know, we've been through some really really uh, tough patches, um, but I would say that it'd be really cool to yeah to to go on and have a family. I agree. That'd be agree. pretty neat. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean your own. Um, you know, you could adopt anything. Oh yeah. So question number nine, what is your biggest pet peeve in aviation? Over tightening an oil cap. 
Uh, ha, ha, I agree. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> That's Some people don't know how strong they are. You know, and I've had to on a few flights uh, in the little Cessnas I fly, I've literally had to, it's kind of a hack that my, uh, that my instructor showed me, but the, um, the, the rudder gust lock, um, the way it's shaped actually forms a good little tight kind of like wrench around the, uh, the oil cap and it makes for a good lever to, to kind of get it loose when you can't, <laughs> when you can't do it your own with your own, because I tell oh, you, man. I tell you when it's really, really hot or when it's really, really cold outside, uh, down here in Texas, that that helps a lot. So you're not you yeah. know, you're not fumbling with it for a long time trying to get it. <laughs> oh, when it's tight, it's tight. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a it's a it's a pain. Sometimes you have limited space, and it's just a it's a real pet peeve, you know. So question number ten, and this is the last one of the lightning round. If you could fly anything, whether that be fixed wing, a uh, balloon, or a rotorcraft, what would you want to fly? Well, I've been very lucky in my young, short career to have flown balloons, planes, and helicopters. I would love to fly the Russian MI-26. Really? Which is, I mean, wow. The thing is a house. (laughs) It's just so big. It wouldn't, I mean, it just... I, I just wonder what that would feel like. I would love to fly that helicopter in a hover just for one minute. I mean, the cockpit in that aircraft is just incredible. I would love to go to Russia. I would love to fly one of those and come back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, those are, that's the lightning round, folks. And those were just some really fun light questions that I love to ask everyone, kind of see the unserious side uh, of everybody and kind of what they're thinking about. But we're going to get into the final questions. Uh, and basically the format is I'm going to ask you one kind of question that I think is a really, really good reflection question. Uh, and then I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask me a question back since I've bombarded you with questions uh, in a very fun way through the, uh, through the podcast. But I wanted to give you that opportunity. And then we're going to wrap it up with one last question um, for you to give to the audience. Uh, so with this final question, you know, I kind of want to know 70 years from now, how do you want people around the world or in your local community to remember Mark? How do the, how do you want them to remember you? Well, in 70 years, I'll be 108. So I could possibly you, still be alive. You could be. And in today's medical world, that may not be, uh, that may not be hard. <laughs> one one of our students' parents is 112. Oh my lord! In Florida. Well, that's why soaking up the sun all day long. <laughs> Incredible, yeah. Um, you know, I, I read an article just recently by Warren Buffett, and it just says, you know, uh, you, you, you can't. You, he said along the lines of, "You can't take anything with you. You can't leave anything behind apart from what people truly feel." and what people truly feel and think about you. So that really struck a chord with me and I really want to be welcoming. Yeah. Uh, I want to be welcoming. Um, Like me, hate me, whatever, you know, life is short. We're both on this earth and have two legs. Uh, I I just, I just want to be remembered as, you know, that guy was welcoming and, and, um, and uh, positive and, you know, what a, what, 
what a guy. <laughs> no, and, and I and I think you're I mean, I think you're already on a roll with that. I mean, the way you built the brand, the way you built yourself and kind of your experiences and the hardships that you've had to gone uh, to go through and, and kind of where you made it to now. I mean, I think you're on your way so far uh, to that. But I, I agree with that. And I think that's I mean, that's a that's that's a testament to you and kind of the values that you talked about uh talked about yeah. talked about earlier so what what question i know i've bombarded you with a lot of questions but what kind of question maybe do you have for me as the host of this? are you gonna get are you are you gonna so you are fixed wing rated congratulations am, yes sel rated <laughs> and, and you work for uh you're you're around helicopters a lot so the obvious question is are you gonna get your rotocraft out of am i gonna am i gonna go to the dark side i think is what you meant uh, you know, that's a dream of mine. Uh, you know, I have a very good, you know, I, we have the ability, uh, with our demo pilots and whatnot to right. fly, uh, fly in the aircraft. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was kind of naive at the time when I was flying a lot with them. Um, and I could have done a little more instruction with them than I thought I could. Uh, so I didn't get that time logged, unfortunately, but hopefully here in the future, uh, when I do have those opportunities, I'll start building up that time. Uh, that time now, but now that I have a a private fixed wing license, um, my requirements to get a uh, to get a rotor license would just be an add on. So that's a little a little less, but it'll probably be the same. But I hope it would be less. It's uh, a lot less. Yeah, ten hours less. Uh, you don't need a written test. Yep. So it would be the add on, and you go through the add on process. Uh, it's definitely a goal. It's definitely a goal of mine. Um, I think my next goal just personally was to work on my, my instrument for fixed wing. I think it's super important. I think you learn a lot about yourself and you learn about a lot about flying. You do. A uh, huge amount. But also our, you know, I'm going to start chipping away, uh, at the, the, the rotor hours, um, with what I can, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's a goal and I'm kind of one of those guys that, you know, it's, because I have a job that I like, um, and I work for a company that's amazing. Um, you know, it's, it is hard to, to fly when I want to, uh, versus somebody that does it full time. Um, yeah, so for yeah. me, it's more of a chipping away at it over time. And I'm patient, you know, to get to my goals. Um, because I think if you, if you want to do it the right way and do it a smart way, sometimes you do have to have patience. Um, yeah. but it's a goal. I want to do it. It will be done at some point. Um, I just don't know when that exact date <laughs> will be. And have you been in a small helicopter? I have been, yes. I, I, the Good. smallest one that I've – I haven't been in an R-22. I've sat in a Schweitzer. I haven't flown in a Schweitzer. And probably the smallest helicopter that I've been in is my buddy, uh, his R-44 here in town. Uh, he well, when you visit us, we'll give you a ride on my dime in the R22 in the and R22. the G2. Oh, uh, you know, I have, I actually had a buddy of mine. Uh, we become good friends now. Um, he is a student up in, uh, right outside Vancouver. Um, he's down from Florida. He decided he was going to go do training up in Canada, uh, through their commercial program. And he's flying the, uh, the Cabri. And he says it's a really fun aircraft, uh, to fly surprisingly it's uh an amazing aircraft do you guys do you guys have any cabries we do yeah we have one you have one yeah and then you and, have uh, and it, it's colored too right uh it's it, it it was white but we're 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 uh we're 
I won't tell you what color it's going to be when we when we get it here in a couple of weeks. Is back. it going to be? Is it going to be a neon color? No comment. Oh. <laughs> You'll have to check out our Instagram. I will. Yes, you will. Uh, we're uh, right here at the end. Uh, I'm going to ask you one more question, but we're going to let you kind of uh, allow, allow you to tell the audience how they can find you uh, on all those social platforms. But I kind of want to give you one last question. It's basically I want to let you ask a question to the audience, uh, and we'll post this up on social uh, and repost it too, uh, and put it in stories just to see if we can get some uh, good feedback on it. But what questions would you like to ask the growing audience? Um, have Have you tried aviation? Have you, Have you gone? Uh, I'd like to ask a couple of questions. Um, have you tried a flight in a plane or a helicopter? If not, why not? It's the safest method of transportation. Just to reassure you. Talk to your local pilots, talk to your local flight school, read the reviews, uh, make sure you're happy. Um, and what makes you happy? Where is your happy place? Um, do you truly know? Is it when you're eating your food at home or is it somewhere else in the wilderness by yourself on a hike? Uh, what makes you happy? Try and have, find the happy place because I'm learning more and more as life goes on that life is short. Um, and Hey, you just want a happy family. If those are, if those are with your dogs or your household, um, and, and you want to make sure that you're enjoying what you do. And sometimes people need support and there's more people going through things than they're willing to let on about. Um, so I, I would say, where's your happy place? Have you tried aviation? Uh, have you met people in aviation? If not, why not? I mean, and I'm really, really intrigued to see the, the, uh, the answers, we, uh, we have on there. But, but since we were talking about social media and, and getting people to uh, a- answer the question that you just asked, where can people, uh, where can they follow you? Where can they find you on the channels? Uh, because I tell you guys, you got to go follow him. He, he puts some awesome content out there. He's always posting stories about the cool things that they're doing. Uh, but where can, uh, where can everybody find you out there? Well, thank you. Um, I would love to share that information. Please do. Uh, Type in to Instagram, I eat, sleep, fly. Um, that will be the same on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. I think it's all I eat, sleep, fly. And then on Snapchat, it's go eat, sleep, fly. Um, we did have I eat, sleep, fly on Snapchat, but we deleted that profile thinking it wasn't going to take off, but it kind of took off. It did. <laughs> <laughs> so we have all, all our, all our social channels are typically I eat, sleep, fly. Um, and then on Snapchat, it's go eat, sleep, fly. And you have YouTube as well. I just checked out your YouTube today. Yeah, we do have YouTube. We, we, we've, um, well, I think that's how you sleep fly too. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Uh, we got quite a few subscribers on there. And, um, again, we're just trying to post longer videos on there. Some informative videos. I think we have, uh, 12,000 hits on a, um, on a Bell 505 startup video, which is pretty cool. You do. And I was watching that today. There, there you go. <laughs> So, um, so that's pretty neat, uh, to have that. And, uh, we offer people again, you know, I, we just want to give, like, there's no point trying to hold on to stuff. So even in that video, we say, Hey, if you want to start up checklist that we, that, you know, that we have here, uh, we'll just send it to you. No worries. And we've had a lot of people, a lot of owners be receptive to that. And, um, you know, you, you can't, you can't, it's tough, but you can't take yourself too seriously. Um, everyone, is uh just trying to survive another day and we're there for each other aren't we it's sur- survive another day have fun love what you do 
uh, and connect with people. That's kind of what I can kind of sum it up. And thankfully, literally, thankfully, uh, we're in Thanksgiving week. Uh, yes. And I'm kind of, even on my personal uh, social, I'm really going through kind of, you know, what I'm thankful for in aviation, my personal life, you know, having the opportunities to do what I get to do. Uh, but it's crazy. We're doing this podcast and talking about this in this week, uh, on Thanksgiving, that's great on, on Thanksgiving, but you know, Mark and everybody, this has been a great podcast. I really love, you know, what this, uh, what this kind of this, this format is really turning into. I think we're getting a lot of great, uh, responses. I think people are really, really learning from the guests and, Mark, I really appreciate having you uh, on the Ask the Geek show today. And I think there's super, super, super good insight uh, on here. Uh, so, guys, thank you so, so much again from the bottom of my heart for tuning in today uh, to the Avgeek Chronicles podcast and another episode of the Ask the Avgeek show. But we will uh, we have to sign off today. Uh, so we're going to wish everybody blue skies and tailwinds. And we'll, we, uh, we'll see you next time on the next episode of Av Geek Chronicles. Have a good day, everybody.